0: For those of you I haven't met, I'm Jared, one of the pastors here. Our lead pastor, Josh, is on leave at the moment, returning this coming week. And be welcome to those who are joining us from home. And it's going to open up in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for what a joy it is to be together. It really is such a joy to be together and for to celebrate all that you've done for us. We just dedicate this time to you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. So today, we're revisiting the Group Life series that we did all the way back before Easter time. So I'm going to do it today, and Josh is going to continue the next two weeks. And this will lead up to the 31st of July, where we will have a group links morning after the service for those who are interested in joining a life group led by Josh. And for our current life group leaders, Mike will be running a leader session. And it's really exciting because life groups are key to what we do here at LBC. As we are a community of disciples that multiply. And to grow spiritually, we have to be connected relationally. And that was a big take-home message from our last life group or group life series. And we've looked recently about developing a spiritual heart which is our theme for this year. And some of those things that you might be working on this year, quality of time with God increasing, evidence of a fruit of the Spirit, action when God calls us to do something, and the ability to sit in someone else's narrative. Hopefully you're continuing to work on that and the Lord's continuing to work on that in your life. But these things are so good when we work on them on ourselves with the Lord, but these are also enhanced when we do them alongside of each other. Because the Christian life is not one of isolation, is it? Because we are created for community. We support and encourage each other to do these, to live this Christian life out and to live these things out and to develop a spiritual heart. John fifteen five and I've shared this quite a few times this year when I've when I've spoken. Yes, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Those who remain in me, and I in them, will produce much fruit. <clears throat> for apart from me, you can do nothing. In this analogy of us being branches, you know the branches are not in isolation from one another, but they are together, part of the vine bearing his fruit together. And the early church is a great example to us in that. We see in the book of Acts especially how they were a community together. And sometimes today we we want to be a community, but sometimes we we may have lost that a bit. But the book of Acts is such a great example. A great scripture that shows that is in Acts 2.42. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. So in this scripture, we not only see four essentials, the church continues to celebrate and has continued to celebrate the word fellowship, communion, and prayer. But what stands out is that word fellowship, which ties it all together. You know, fellowship can mean spending time together, gathering around a common activity, sharing a common interest. But that was only part of what they were doing. That's only part of what the church does. Fellowship comes from a root word, a unity brought about by the Holy Spirit. It's the love of Jesus linking them together. When we come together in fellowship, it's the love of Jesus that links us together. The Passion Translation talks about this scripture being their hearts were mutually linked to one another. They were becoming partners in what God was doing. It was a partnership. As we come together, it's a partnership. We become partners in what God is doing in this church and in this community. And for the early church, as they grew, different people coming from different walks of life, this fellowship was central this community, and it set them apart from the rest of the world around. And, you know, the people around them wanted to know, and it just took off. And as we develop a spiritual heart, that's what we want to see, isn't it? We want to see the love of God linking us together, a unity brought about by Him. As we grow deeper in Him together, we become partners together in what God's doing. You know, while Sunday mornings and other things that happen during the week here, in this church in particular, are so important, life groups especially have an important part to play in this. Because as we grow spiritually, we have to be connected relationally. I heard a quote once, and, and you may have heard it too. Church is not an organisation that we join. It's a family where you belong. It's a home where you are loved and a hospital where you find healing. But sometimes it might not be like that and can be challenging. So this morning we're going to look at three barriers that might be preventing us from engaging into group life, from connecting relationally with others. And we're going to look at some passages involved around gathering around meals, as that is a way that we often connect and the church has often been involved in connecting. So whether we've, for you connecting with others may have been something that you've never ventured into or you may have and you feel like I'm never going there again or it's something that you do but you might be feeling a little bit tired, my hope today is that this may be of some encouragement because community is something that's important as we grow deeper. So the first point this morning, first barrier that you may have come across is I don't want to engage with people because I don't want people to see the real me. Sometimes we don't want to connect with people because we don't want people to see the real us. We don't feel good enough. You know, everyone seems to have it all together, but not me. If they really knew me, they wouldn't want anything to do with me. It's just easier just to hang back and be distant. So the scripture we're going to look at is Luke 19, 1 to 9. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region. He'd become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus and he was too short to see the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road. For Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, come quick down. Come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But people were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord, and if I've cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, salvation has come to his home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. It's just such a great story, isn't it? It's such a great passage. So Zacchaeus was a tax collector. In the context of that day, he was despised because he took from others. It says here he was the chief tax collector, so he would have been especially despised, and he was rich, so as a good guess how he became rich. And he was on the outer with his community, and he would have been, there would have been feelings there of not being good enough. And when Jesus came, he couldn't see, because he was short and as big crowds so would climbed a tree. There's a crowd there, but Jesus sees him and calls him down. So we may also hang back. We may be trying to get a glimpse of community. We might not be trying to climb a tree, but we might be up the back or seeing other people engage in community but reluctant to get involved. You know, this morning there is a call from Jesus to go deeper, to come to him, to come to community. I love how Jesus calls Zacchaeus by name, which means pure. Zacchaeus means pure. He then says he is going to his house. Not going back to Jesus' house or the disciples, but to Zacchaeus' house. He goes from being at the back of a crowd to the centre of community. And this transforms Zacchaeus. You know, sometimes we want to hide what are people knew the real us. You know, Jesus calls us by name too. Who we really are, not what other people might call us, who we really are, and to go deeper. And just like with Zacchaeus, as we take that step out, it is transforming as we go from the crowd to community. Now, several years ago, I had the privilege of journeying, and myself and my wife had the privilege of journeying with a group of young adults as we had a, a group at our house for a season. There was a vulnerability and an openness, but in that there was growth and it was impacting for those members, including us as well. And and you may have been involved in in a similar group. But as we do that, there can be a question, I'm not good enough as well. The truth is we are all not good enough and we all fall short of the glory of God, but it's only through his grace For all of us. And it is His grace He has given us. So we have the gift of community. Just like with Zacchaeus, who needed the transforming power of Jesus, from a despised tax collector, he went to a son of Abraham. From someone who was hiding away in a crowd, trying to get a glimpse, to have that fellowship and community. We also have that grace to go from the crowd to the community. To help us to go deeper with God and to grow. And we all have that part to play in the community. Which leads me to my next point. Nothing to give. Another barrier we may have that we, makes us feel we may not want to connect. Because we feel that we have nothing to give in the community. You know, everyone else in community or groups may have something, but not me. You may feel that there's a barrier with employment, training, education, the stage of life you might be in, your ability, your cooking ability. Your story may not be exciting enough or your story might be too exciting if people only knew. But the truth is we all have a vital part and something to give give when it comes to community. In John 6, 1-14... A feeding of a five thousand, this amazing miracle. Jesus saw a huge crowd, and he asked Philip where one of the disciples, where he could buy something to eat. Philip replied, they didn't have much money, and Andrew responded, there was a boy with five loaves and two fish. So Jesus sat the people down, and he blessed this small offering of food, and then. Fed five thousand people, and it was probably more because that was the only that was just the number of men who was there. And after, and they were fed. And afterwards, there was twelve baskets of leftovers. It's just such an amazing miracle. And firstly, what stands out to me is the boy himself may not have been considered much because he was young and a boy, but it was he who offered something up. And, he was able, and through that, they were able to feed all those people. And then secondly, he didn't have much at all, but he offered it. And an amazing miracle was performed with that small meal. And there was so much, that 12 baskets of leftovers. At times, we can feel that we're insignificant, that we don't have much. But when it comes to koinonia, when it comes to fellowship, when it comes to community, all of us have a special part to play. The part you may bring, that you bring may be just what's needed for that miracle to be performed. Your story may be what someone else needs to hear. Your gifts may be just what's required, your talent. The very you that makes you, you. The Apostle Paul says that, we are a body. First Corinthians twelve, verse twelve. The human body has many parts, for the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. So we all have a part to play in that body, and no part is insignificant. All of us have a part to play. The thing is, if we aren't playing our part, it's not just us who's missing out, but others are missing out on that part that we bring. They're missing out on the special gift that you bring. Sometimes we can wonder if what we bring is special at all, especially if we do feel a bit broken at times. I heard a great story called The Story of a Cracked Pot. So I'm going to read it now. So maybe you feel a bit cracked at times. So there's a water bearer in India, and he had two large pots, each hung on each end of a pole which he carried across his neck. One of the pots had a crack in it. And while the other pot was perfect and always delivered a full portion of water at the end of a long walk from the stream to the master's house, the cracked pot arrived only half full. For a full two years, this went on daily, with the bearer delivering only one and a half pots full of water in his master's house. Of course, the perfect pot was proud of its accomplishments, perfect to the end for which it was made. But the poor cracked pot was ashamed of its own imperfection and miserable that it was able to accomplish only half of what it had been made to do. After two years of what it perceived to be a bitter failure, It spoke to the water bearer one day by the stream. I am ashamed of myself and I want to apologise to you. The bearer asked, why? What are you ashamed of? The pot replied, for these past two years, I I am able to deliver only half of my load because of this crack in my side causes water to leak out all the way back to your master's house. Because of my flaws, you don't get full value for your efforts. The water bearer felt sorry for the old cracked pot. And in his compassion, he said, As we return to the master's house, I want you to notice the beautiful flowers along the path. As they went up the hill, the old cracked pot took notice of the sun warming the beautiful wildflowers on the side of a path, and this cheered it somewhat. At the end of a trail, it still felt bad because it had leaked out half its load. And so again, it apologised to the bearer for its failure. The bearer said to the pot, did you notice that there were flowers only on your side of the path, but not on the other pot's side? That's because I've always known about your flaw, And I took advantage of it. I planted flower seeds on your side of the path. And every day, while we walk back from a stream, you've watered them. For two years, I've been able to pick these beautiful flowers to decorate my master's table. Without you being just the way you are, he would not have this beauty to grace his house. It's a, such a reminder, isn't it? But even if we don't feel of use, that what a difference we may be, we may be making without even realising it. So the last barrier this morning is a simple one really that we all may have faced, is that people can be difficult. Or you may have found that sometimes you don't always like people. The last two, barri- two barriers were quite personal ones. They were inner barriers, but this one is a little bit more external. But people can be difficult at times, or sometimes there's a bit of challenge with people. This can be issues from the past or feeling tired. It can be dealing with people who have been challenging for us, or some elements of not wanting to connect with people in general. The last two passages I've shared have been around meals and Jesus going to Zacchaeus' house and the feeding of the 5,000. This one is about food as well, but it's a little bit different. It's a different view. It's about a vision that Peter had in Acts. The background is in Acts 10, and Cornelius was a Roman centurion. He was a godly man. and He was devout, and he he didn't follow the pagan religions like the rest of the Romans, but he followed God. And as he was praying... God spoke to him about seeking out Peter. So he sends messages to Peter. And following this, we're going to read in Acts 10, 9 to 16. The next day, as Cornelius' messengers were nearing the town, Peter went up on the roof, the flat roof, to pray. It was about noon and he was hungry. But while a meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw the sky open and something like a large sheet was let down by its four corners. In the sheet were all sorts of animals, reptiles and birds. Then a voice said to him, get up, Peter, and kill and eat them. No, Lord, Peter declared, I've never eaten anything that our Jewish laws have declared impure and unclean. But the voice spoke again, do not call something unclean if God has made it clean. The same vision was repeated three times. And the sheet was suddenly pulled up to heaven. So if you follow on after this, the messengers were at the door and they requested Peter to come to Cornelius. And he did. And he shared about Jesus and Cornelius and his household was saved. It's an amazing passage and story. And the impact of the vision was that Jews didn't go into gentiles or non-jewish houses or associate with someone like cornelius but through the vision god has declared every human being to be of special worth and of dignity and the entire world needs the gospel and that's the message going to peter the four corners of a large tablecloth that was there represent the four corners of the earth that the gospel needs to go to. And the clean animals represent God's people, the Jews, and the unclean represent the non-Jewish nations. So this encounter helped Peter understand that God was about to send him off with the men who were at the door of the house, even though their religion had been labelled unclean. And God is not a respecter of persons and there is no partiality with God. So the take-home message for us is, do we show partiality with others? You know, times may have changed, but there may be a reluctance to go deeper in connection in community because there may be some partiality that we may have with people that may be getting in way of connecting relationally. There may be certain people that we might connect with better, but we need to be part of a community with all people. We need to ask ourselves, is there an element of being judgmental to certain people or groups? Or being critical it's worth doing a heart check and it might not be critical or partiality but we might not be doing our part in being part of a community you know sometimes we can all feel isolated like no one cares so we can have that attitude so why should i care but we need to ask ourselves have i done my job in koinonia in partnering in participating a community because it's a two-way street I know in my own life when I start to feel isolated, I have to ask myself that. Have I been partnering in community? Sometimes we may have felt hurts in our past, which make it, feel, make it hard to connect. So it's important to be aware of them. Is that causing a barrier? If so, it's so important to bring it to the Lord and receive healing. I think of Peter with a Roman centurion. You know, there was religious reasons to not go there. But there was also political and social reasons to not fellowship with him. You know, the Romans had taken over their land. There was hostility. But he could see Cornelius through God's eyes. The love of God was linking them together. Sometimes we can also feel tired too, which can stop us and prevent us from connecting with others. So we, that's where we, it's so important to continue to ask God for refreshing. And genuine community is often a way that we can feel refreshed also. I know for me in my own journey, especially in pastoral ministry, times I felt tired, but those times connecting back with genuine community is often the times I felt the most refreshed. You know, there is so much life growth and purpose as we connect relationally, as we go from the crowd to the community as we play our part, as we accept others, as his love links us together. So I want to encourage you to continue to go deeper into community, especially if it's something new or it's something you've been putting off to take that step out with him. So a final scripture of encouragement is in Isaiah 43, 18 to 19. But forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I'll make a pathway through the wilderness. I'll create rivers in the dry wasteland. As we let go of the past, as we step out into the new, we see barriers broken down, not only in our own life, but they flow on to the community around us as we step out. So I'm just going to close in prayer this morning. So Heavenly Father, We thank you so much that you call us to be part of community. And if there are barriers that we're facing, we thank you, Father, that you help us with these. Thank you that you have accepted us and you love us and that we all have a vital part to play in community. Thank you, Jesus. Help us to continue to walk with you in this. In your mighty name we pray. Amen.